0: The Bobcat men win in front of a raucous crowd in Cheney, Washington, sending the Eastern Eagles on a two-game losing streak going into the Big Sky Conference tourney while the ladies drop senior night in Bozeman.
1: Manhattan Bank has been serving the Gallatin Valley since 1905. Started by local farmers in order to help grow the agriculture industry, Manhattan Bank has since grown into a full-service bank serving the entire valley. With branches in Manhattan, Churchill, Three Forks, and Bozeman, you're
0: never far from your local bank. As banks are consolidating and changing, Manhattan Bank sets themselves apart through consistency and a small-town banking field. Come see why we have been in the Valley for well over 100 years. Stop by the new building in Bozeman, see Justin Skillman and Tyler Dozier for your business banking, and Brad Whitmer for your home loans. Go Cats! Member FDIC. Welcome everybody to the RNR Catcast, a fan-based podcast focusing on Montana State athletics. We're two dudes named Ryan from the state of Washington talking about our dear Montana State. We hope you enjoy it. Welcome back, Bobcat fans! Thanks for joining us on another episode of the RNR Catcast. This is one of your hosts, Ryan Foley. He's your host, Ryan Thornberg. We are the Ryans of the RNR, the Montana State affiliate of the Big Sky Podcast Network, and we're sponsored by the Dink's, Sp- the Dang Bank, Manhattan Bank, taking care of all your banking needs in the Gallatin County. They got four locations: Bozeman, Churchill. Manhattan and Three Forks. We thank them for being our dink sponsors this year. It's tourney time, Thorny. We just got done with basketball. Men's and women's against Eastern Washington tonight. Yours truly, Ryan Foley, was at the men's game over in Cheney. I can't wait to talk about it.
1: Can't wait to hear about it, man. Yeah, I sent out the picture on the Twitter of your uh, on-the-ground, boots-on-the-ground photography skills there, letting everyone know that fully <laughs> in town to check out the game. And, uh, well, yeah, what a mo- monumental win for the men and a uh, pretty disappointing loss for the women. And uh, we'll get into those a little bit.
0: All right. So, yeah, that's pretty much on the docket. We're just going to freeform this thing. We're just going to go for it. I'm riding the yeah. high. I just got home. It was a straight ice rink out there out of Cheney, man. It was it was really dicey. We were getting this uh, snowstorm tonight and almost got plowed into by a minivan in my new car. Whew, I made it, though. <laughs> my,
1: glad to see my, you back youngest, home safe. Or,
0: <laughs> I took miles <laughs> with me, my oldest son. He's like, Dad, are we going to make it home? And I was like, yes, we're going to make it home. Just just be calm in the backseat. I got this. <laughs> I don't know if everybody Say else there, but I got this. <laughs> That's right. <laughs>
1: We can't right. wait to hear about it, man. Do we just want to launch right into it? Or do we want to talk about what's in our beer first or, uh, you know, drive, yeah, drive it Yeah, let's talk tonight. about what's
0: in our golden coulee, man. Uh, what's in the golden coulee?
1: Yeah, I don't have that loaded up yet. I'll get it fixed at some point in my life. I have Lewis & Clark Brewing Company Miner's Gold Hefeweizen Ooh, on cue tonight. Miner's Gold. Classic. Solid yeah, it's, it's a really good Hefeweizen. Yeah, good, good brewery, Lewis & Clark. They make some good stuff.
0: Yeah, tumbleweed IPA is one of my favorite IPAs. That comes out of. I think miners gold. Right? Yeah! Wow! What a great pale ale! Dang man, they got some bangers over there. All right, good mm-hmm. good call, man. Uh, I I have a Rainier. You know, I picked them up this weekend, and I'm not going to apologize. A cold Rainier, Pacific Northwest pale ale.
1: We're from Washington,
0: man. There's nothing to
1: apologize about drinking Rainier over here. <laughs> Well, not from Washington, yeah. but we live in Washington. So, except, acceptable at any time as a Washingtonian now. Well, there we go. We got a right beer. On. I have a couple beers in me because I was drinking while I was watching the game. I assume you were not <laughs> over there in Cheney. I don't know if they allow beer in the stands in Cheney, Washington or not. But tell us about it, man. Yeah, Let's, they, uh, re- they don't? They do?
0: Yeah. So, over at Reese Court, they were selling beers, but I knew... I shouldn't get a beer. Like I got the I got the water. I got the popcorn. I did not want to drive all the way back to Spokane with any alcohol in the system, which was a good call for me, especially at the roads like they were, man. Coming out of that parking lot, it was dicey. I can't stress that enough. It was really stressful getting home. We got home about nine o'clock tonight. But man, Reese Court, those Eagle fans, they brought it, dude. I, I gotta I gotta admit, like Montana State had that game in hand for all but the last seven minutes and it's like typical Montana state fashion. Right. Like right. people are texting me. They're like, Oh man, you picked a good game to go to. And I'm like, I'm just holding my breath right now because I know what's coming. We're going to go on to a scoring rates. drought. And then, uh, Eastern's just going to hit every shot. Every remarkable. Time. Just fall away. Three from venters. Venters could not miss, you know, all of a sudden they couldn't, they couldn't miss. You know, what's interesting about, uh, Eastern just a, This short point is, they can all shoot. They're big men. Every every single one of them can stroke the three. So they were just hitting, you know, a couple shots just to keep them in, and then, oh my gosh, they got loud defense, pow pow defense, and I was sweating. Miles, my son, was just putting his hands over his ears, like just covering them up, going, "Oh no, oh no," and, uh, but man, we did it. Last year I went and we didn't do it. And the year before I went and we didn't do it. And uh, there's been a lot of years I went over to Genie when I watched our Bobcats lose and we pulled it out tonight. And uh, Danny Sprinkle said, <laughs> when we won, he was there, oh, over there goes, That's what we do. That's what we do. <laughs> I was like, "Heck yeah, you hey. go!"
1: <laughs> and then he's gonna go into the locker room. They're gonna celebrate, and he's gonna be like, the, "But the rent still due." <laughs> That's what he says, right?
0: That's oh the thing. He keeps man, the that was room. a fun game.
1: Yeah, the crowd noise seemed to affect the Bobcats there late, late in the late in the game? Like they were getting a little bit rattled by the environment. It looked like
0: on TV, it was loud. It was really loud. It, you know, I want to give props to Eastern because. They brought it. They really did. Like, and that was a packed house. I don't know if the the cameras ever panned to the the crowd, but Reese Court, not like the brick. It's very tight, very on top, and not many seats. But uh, I would say probably like three thousand people in there. I'm, maybe not that tonight, but it was loud. It really was. I will
1: die and on I was this like, hill. I was just, a a full a full small stadium is always better. Than a half-empty huge stadium.
0: Oh yeah, no doubt. Yeah, we were keeping that like twelve-point lead somewhere in there, and you texted me. You're like, "Man, if they get this to single points, it's uh, it's gonna be go time." And you were exactly right. Soon as Venters hit a three and cut it to like nine points, they got loud. Everybody stood up, and then uh, we just had a rash turnovers. We couldn't get a shot off. We had like a like. like a shot clock violation from Raekwon there. Tyler Patterson was fumbling the ball around a couple times and, and we just, we just lost, we just lost our rhythm that we were going through. And it just felt like every game I've been there, like every game I'm like, holy cow, this is happening again. But it didn't, man. We pulled it out. I was kind of salty to those, uh, those Eastern crowds too. (laughs) I was sitting next to this couple (laughs) <laughs> I got to tell you a story, man. I was sitting next to this couple. And I was like, you know, we were like high-fiving throughout the game. And so my son turns around. Miles goes, hey, my dad does this podcast. And this lady goes, what podcast is that? And, you know, so we had a little talk about the R&R. She's like, uh, you know, you guys live in Spokane? And I'm like, yeah, I do. I'm a teacher over at uh, this uh, this middle school that I'm not going to name here on the podcast. she goes, oh, yeah, my son goes there. I was like, no crap. <laughs> you know? So <laughs> uh but I was uh I did the good old like when we when we sealed the game, I did the good old wave to the crowd as they were shuffling out, and then the the eastern uh students were jockeying with me a little bit. They were uh yelling at me from across the court. Not that I was like trying to start anything. There was probably like twenty Montana State fans around me, if that. And uh I gave them the old triple X. How to the to crotchal region and i i immediately kind of like laughed and i was like i don't know that a 40 year old man should be doing that anymore but that was kind of fun
1: <laughs> well it's a good thing you didn't have any beer in you because if that's you <laughs> not drinking i can only imagine how that would have gone if you were riding the the, the booze oh. high there and are you sure that those student sections across the students across the way were targeting you specifically were you just standing out that much, like that guy? Let's taunt that Montana State fan right
0: there. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Uh, I think I, I think I was. I kind of get into it. You know me as a fan. I, I I I like to egg on. I like to poke the bear a little bit. And I've been living in the belly of the beast over here in Eastern Washington for many years. And these Eastern fans have really just ticked me off for for about got on your eight skin a little now. bit. Let's yes. Hope. Yeah, it feels good, man. It feels really good. <laughs> Knowing full well we probably have to play those guys again in a week. So Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, and ultimately it doesn't oh, matter. This man. game meant nothing in terms of seeding and it will mean nothing in terms of the next matchup, really. So I mean, whoever gets the last win if it comes to us both in the championship game, which is a huge if, but if it comes to that, I mean, that's going to be the last laugh. It doesn't matter after that.
0: Yeah. You know what it does mean though, Thorny, is uh Montana State didn't shy away from the from the moment. That was a big moment tonight. It was Eastern's uh senior night. Angelo Allegri was being honored. And uh that guy is a baller, right? Him and Steele Venters are just two unbelievable players for the Eastern Washington Eagles. Unfortunately, Steele Venters was not honored on um the senior night. So we'll see him again next year but montana state did not shy away in the shooting woes we've seen over the last five games like the 20 percent from three point uh land and uh, you know 30 some percent from the field we didn't have that today we came out shooting hot and our defense was unbelievable we knew uh we we outscored them mightily in the first half and you and i had texted we're like man hold on hold your seats and there was a couple, uh there's a couple guys I knew over there in the crowd, and I was talking to them at halftime. I was like, "This is going to be different in the second half." I know this story. I know how this thing goes. They're like, "Yeah, me too." Like, get ready, hold on. And I kept thinking to myself, throwing. I was like, "Man, if we can get to just if we can get this game to five minutes and hold a twelve point lead, we got this." Like, I just, I just felt that. And it was, uh, you know, I can't recall, but it, I think it was something close to that. But at that point, I was like, momentum was shifting. And then uh, Reese Stadium was just off the rocker, man. They were into it so hardcore.
1: It's, it's one of those games where, all right, we got like a 15-point lead or whatever. You just keep glancing down that clock. And you're like, how is there still 12 minutes left in this game? Like, is it going to, you know, it's going to take forever. And you know, it's it's going to be painful. And you know, it's not going to last. You know, it's going to get close. Because that's how every single Montana State game seems to go. We seem to get a lead in the <laughs> halftime, and then we kind of build the lead in the second half, and then we just let it every team come back into it and then win in dramatic fashion all the time. I don't know if we like run out of gas from playing such high intensity defense that we eventually just kinda of chill out. I don't know if this is some sort of a a sprinkle gets a little too conservative. I texted you at one point, like can't get too conservative here, and I think it was a there was a uh miscommunication at the time cuz you texted me back a little bit like what are you talking about but there was a couple times where we uh, walked down there with like 13 12 minutes left and like didn't even start the offense until like you know 15 seconds into the play clock we were getting a little too conservative but it happens every time man and you knew it was going to happen but the fact that the cats withstood the barrage and got the few points they needed to hold on to the win i mean that's that's what We do, right? That's what Danny Sprinkle says. Like, that's how the Cats have been operating. We do. You got to like a team like the Bobcats who play solid defense and who's won close game after close game in a big sky tournament. Like, that's a, like, this is all going to pay dividends into the tournament.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. It was really clear to me that the Bobcats really wanted to milk the clock. I mean, like you just said, they weren't starting their sets until 15 seconds into the shot clock. And you're right. Absolutely, you're right. And I honestly thought that was the good plan. Because Eastern was pushing the ball down the floor. As soon as they inbounded the ball, they weren't walking it. They were pushing it down the floor. And they couldn't miss right. They got hot seven minutes in or left into the game. Wouldn't Venters have like three three pointers back to back to back? I mean, at one Something point like he had to step back, fall away three, and you're like, are you kidding yeah. me? How do, how's that not? <laughs> You know how many times we don't have a single player on the did, roster
1: who can hit a shot like that.
0: Yeah, how many times this game did uh, did we get a that uh, you know a contested rebound that went to Eastern and then they shot and they had a, a rebound and then it was like all of a sudden like Montana State's making play after play after play and then the ball bounces Eastern's way and then they get a three point play out, out of that and you're like come on. You couldn't buy a stop at the end either. It was just like, it was just classic Eastern Montana State. Whether you want to put this in the football realm or the basketball realm, it felt like the classic Eastern Montana State matchup.
1: It did. And man, we had some solid performances. Raekwon Battle had himself a game, even though he had to be taken out of the game for large chunks of the second half because he got in the foul trouble of all things from Raekwon battle still finished with a team high 16 points I guess no excuse me Darius Brown had more but he had 16 points well he was the whole offense in the first half I feel like almost all those 16 points had to been in the first half and there was they were holding him out in the last half and I told you I texted you like they're gonna have to bring in battle here in the last few minutes because like in like five or six minutes left because you know if they keep getting it closer we've got to bring him in four fouls or whatever Get him in there. If he fouls out, he fouls out, but we need some points. And, of course, he comes in and doesn't do a whole lot and gets stuffed by steel venters as the shot clock expires, <laughs> which is the shot clock violation you were referring to, but he got completely rejected in the process. Yeah. Uh, man, Darius Brown, though. Holy cow. That was the most clutch Ooh. I've seen Brown since probably the, uh, the the first cat grizz. 18 points on seven for nine from the from the field goals and three for five from downtown, five defensive rebounds, and four assists, to steal. Man, Brown Brown just fills up the stat sheet. Like every single stat you want. And whether he's whether his shot is falling or not, he's still getting rebounds. He's still getting steals. That's what he does. He plays such good defense, man. He was in the face of every single defender or uh, you know player for Eastern Washington, and he shut down a lot of guys and he created a lot of havoc. And I'm surprised I only see one steal. Like I feel like he maybe he deflected the ball and someone else got the, the the ball and that doesn't count as a steal. But he was <laughs> he was all over the place and they, it's good to see his shot back. And he hit that clutch three pointer late in the game when the Cats really needed a bucket. As shot as like there were like two seconds left on the shot clock, he nails a three pointer. Yeah. Duff pumping my fists in there. and like, yes, Brown, there we go. It's like, now I think we, that might be what we needed to win the game.
0: You're right. He had a couple deflections and those were the ones that would just end up in the hands of the Eastern Eagles and they would get a score out of that. They were just like, man, we were so stinking close to getting a stop there. But I, wanted to, I want to speak a little bit about Brown in, in another way. One thing that I don't know if it came across on the screen, but I could really sense it when I was there because I was sitting pretty close. I was probably like three, three rows from the court. He does such a good job at running the point when he has the ball in his hands. Yes. Like it just puts the offense in a better flow. Like Ford did a great job this tonight, too. I think Ford had some really clutch free throws. But when Brown is running the point, man. He orchestrates that so well. He's such a good floor general. And I was watching him in the, the timeouts. And that's one thing you don't get to see. The timeouts are really interesting. I'm sure some of the uh, the, the listeners know what I'm talking about. But the, the timeouts really have two separate things going on at the same time. At the very beginning of a timeout, the players meet and they talk. And it's just a player-run uh, meeting and they converse and they like they really listen to each other it's really awesome to see there's really great communication going on and it seems like there's a lot of uh hey yeah i got you man and there's a lot of fist bumping and like yes i hear what you're saying and everybody has a voice even even guys on the bench are piping in and then the the coaches are meeting and discussing what's going on and then towards the end of uh towards the end of the timeout they then come together but these uh these pre-meetings that go on at the very beginning, Darius was very animated and you could tell he has such command of, of his peers, man, he's so good at what he's doing. He's a calming presence on the offensive side and such a lockdown defender. Like you've been saying.
1: Yeah. If he doesn't win defensive player of the year, I don't know who deserves it more than Darius Brown. Granted, I don't watch a lot of big sky basketball outside of the Bobcats, but I don't see anyone affecting the game the way that Darius Brown does on and yeah his command of the offense is truly special to watch and we've we've had a good good string of uh point guards starting with Harold Frey. Uh, it's good to see Bob gets back in like good hands in the point guard realm. Speaking man, Robert Ford, I got I got to give a shout out to Robert Ford here. Led the team with 10 rebounds coming off the bench as and a he was guard. <laughs> he was hustling. He was hustling. His stat line's pretty crazy. He got 12 points, but he, was, he only hit two field goals. So he had the most free throws and the most free throw attempts of anyone on the team. He had 10 rebounds, four of them offensive rebounds. He had two steals and an assist. Got to give a huge shout out, man. Like Robert Ford played a really good game. His shot still isn't quite falling. He was two for five from downtown, though. That's pretty good, but two for eight overall. But yeah, man, hustling, getting those getting those boards, getting those steals. He was a huge part of the, the reason the Bobcats won today in the 23 minutes that he played. You're right. Especially when battle wasn't foul trouble because it was mostly Ford who was who was getting those minutes late in the, later in the game. Yeah.
0: I think the Caleb Fuller had himself a decent game. He's a good defender, man. He is a good uh, defender. He was... Yeah, he was getting... <laughs> He was getting his butt chewed a little bit by sprinkle on the offensive side, but he was playing lockdown minutes out there. It was fun to watch the Bobcats play some good defense. It was good to see them hit the hit the shots too. Hitting thirty six point eight percent from three three point land. That's refreshing. That's really refreshing. It was nice because yeah. every time Eastern had an answer, we would come back down, get a big shot. We're like, yeah, man, we're we're keeping this up. We were able to hold that that lead for such a long time. Until until it wasn't. And then shooting 52%, almost 53% from the field, feels really good.
1: I mean, yeah, 36.8 from downtown is very refreshing. But, I mean, that's not like a crazy number. I mean, the Bobcats don't need to shoot crazy three-point percentage to be able to be a really good team. Well, they win games shooting 17%. If they could just shoot like 30 to the 33 range consistently, like that, they'd be a very difficult team to beat. But, yeah, 36.8. You know, it was really good on a on a high volume too, seven of nineteen. Yeah, we shot like three for five on Saturday for a good percentage, but you know, it's five, it's five attempts. Seven for nineteen, that's good volume. And it's and uh shooting thirty six point eight. That's what you like to see.
0: Yeah. Darius Brown, carrying the night, seven for nine, Bello seven for eight. Uh, you know who who impressed me? The guy we haven't seen in a while. Nick Gizalis. Hitting spot yeah. up twos. You know, in a clutch moment, good for him. Awesome
1: stuff. Yeah, two for two uh, and a steal. So and not big numbers, but, you know, 14 minutes. You know, Gazalis was such a productive player last year. He's had such a just, I, I don't want to say disappointing year. He's just not playing like he did last year for whatever reason. But good to see him knock down a couple shots. Probably good for his confidence because, uh, you know, we need everybody we can. Going to the tournament, he might his name might be called at some point for some reason, and you gotta be able to rely on him, and it was good to see him uh, get some buckets.
0: All right. Hey, tip your cap to the Bobcats. They won twenty two games this year. It's crazy. Woo. It's crazy. That's awesome, man.
1: <laughs> just, just just a couple days ago, you were wanting to get on the mic and say some complete opposite type words. And uh, uh do you still feel that way? I'm just curious. an emotional
0: guy, man. Yeah, I'm the emotional guy around here. <laughs> I I do get upset when I see the Bobcats shooting like 19 percent from three point land. When certain players that we talked about ad nauseum can't knock down a three point shot, and that's their job in the offense is to hit the three point job. It it makes me a little bit upset. So, sure. I just I guess I just wanted. Here's what I I think my big gripe was this Thorny. I just wanted the Bobcats to go into the big sky conference with momentum on their back, not just trying to win games defensively, but being able to put a complete game together. I feel like the Montana state, this was a good game for Montana state was a complete game. No, you know, but it was a great win in a very, very tough environment.
1: Yeah. in a game that shouldn't have mattered for either team, but both teams clearly wanted it. Both coaches, both teams played. They played like this was, Championship on the line. This was a heavy heavyweight title fight. And yeah, it 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 made absolutely no difference. I guess you could argue maybe it would have helped slightly your seeding projections if you planned on winning the tournament and going to the big dance. This win on the resume would have been the last final thing to get you maybe from a potential 16 to a 15 or a 15 to a 14. Nobody's getting higher than a 14, probably. But yeah, yeah. Big moment and the cats spoiled Eastern's senior night. Got to love it Um, because on the other side of things, Eastern completely spoiled the women's senior night in Bozeman, which is pretty disappointing. I'm pretty disappointed in that loss. That was was not a good loss. The Cats could have wrapped up the number one seed. Instead, they lost, created some sort of crazy three-way tie now with NAU, SAC, and Montana State all sharing the conference title because the Bobcats couldn't take care of business at home on senior night against Eastern Washington, who – you know, not that great of a women's program. So kind of the, almost the opposite uh, results of what you would have maybe bet money on heading into this night. Women at home, probably a good bet. Men on the road at Cheney, you know, not bad money on Eastern there, but complete flip-flop of maybe the uh, the favorites.
0: Wasn't able to catch the women's game, although they announced the, the final score in the last like three minutes yeah. of the game over there. It just put Reese on the edge, <laughs> edge even more. I was like, full was, tilt, it, here we go. We're gonna do this thing over again. We're gonna lose this game. <laughs> the, yeah, that that,
1: that came oh, across dude. on TV, and I'm like, man, that was smart. They're they're doing that to like they probably waited to say that to kind of galvanize the fans and the team. Like, all right, now let's pull it out, boys. Let's pull out the score from the women's game. <laughs> yeah, but I think the cats cool, end up with cool. the two two or three seed. Yeah, sorry, go go ahead.
0: Now, it's just cool to see the number one, number two teams playing in a big-time environment. It felt like a big-time environment. That was a good game, man. And it sucks yeah. that Montana State and Eastern won't get a, a seed in the in the tournament. It really does. I mean, the Big Sky Conference being a one-bid team is just is what it is, but it makes basketball less fun, ultimately, right? Another thing, hey, what do you Tony, mean? I want to talk to you about this, and there's something I wanted to get to. Let's talk about the way the conference sets up the bracket, because you posted something today in Bobcat Nation about maybe an alternative for that, making our bracket probably, or the way we played the conference tournament in Boise, a little bit more. And fun's not the word, but a little bit different. What was your thought on that?
1: Well I mean I posted it cuz it's interesting and kudos to uh Chappy from the from the Weaver State Weekly. He's the one who posted it in the in our little chat there and I had not seen it I was not familiar with the WCC's bracket how they set up a tournament but it's crazy looking there's like a basically the semifinals the number 1 and the number 2 seed are already there. They they are guaranteed a semifinal game. They only have to win One game to get into the championship game, and what this does is it protects it it most, it protects the conference by giving you the best outcome for most likely your two best teams, the best path to a bid. Now, in this case, WCC, it doesn't matter, St. Mary's and Gonzaga are both going to get a bid to the tournament, but that's not the case in the big side conference. You want your best team or at least if it's a 1A and 1B situation, you want one of those two teams to go dancing. You don't want the 6 seed to come storming in and win the championship. It's a cool story, but they're going to get stomped. You don't you don't want like a team with a losing record <laughs> going into the because they're going to go to the play-in game. You want at least your best foot forward and the tournament bracket as it sets up in the WCC almost guarantees that. The lower seeds start way back there in the first round, second round, quarterfinals, semifinals, and championships. So if you're like a nine seed, you have to hit win what? One, two, three, four, four games to get into the championship game. Whereas number one and number two seed only have to win one game. So it makes it a much tougher path for the lower seeds and it almost guarantees a one and a two seed will be playing, one or a two seed, or if not both, will be playing in the championship game. So I think that's kind of a... Something the big sky conference should look at. I don't know what it does for travel or attendance in the neutral site. I don't care about all that. I just want the best team from the big sky to be to dance every year.
0: Well, it would incentivize getting the two seed, the one and two seed in yep. the in the preseason, right? And and even so, yeah, well, like the three they're, and the four, are like no the, different. The quarterfinals, like the, the first time the uh, the three and the four play, are in the quarterfinals. So it rewards yep. it rewards a. Uh, the, t- the play in the conference, right? Yeah.
1: Yep, I like that. So like that was that. cool. But uh, as it is, the Bobcats are the number two. The men are the number two seed, and we knew that before this game was played tonight. But uh, I don't have the bracket in front of me. I was trying to load it on the Big Sky website. It was crashing. I don't know all the seeding and stuff. Obviously, we're on the opposite side of Eastern Washington, and I believe we're on the opposite side of the Grizz, although I don't know. They won tonight, so I don't think anything changed. I don't think anything changed today, but it changed for the women drastically so with the one loss. one and four, the men.
0: One and four are on one side, and then uh, two and three are on the other. That's I think so. I think so. Would you rather? I'm really, I'm here, not buy or sell. Would you rather face uh, By or sell? I would rather face the Grizz than Eastern Washington in the playoffs.
1: Oh man, that's a tough one. I think I'd probably rather. Face the Grizz, I guess.
0: Yeah, so you're buying that. Me too.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll buy it. I mean, Eastern can shoot it anytime. We get into a game with the Grizz, Ooh. and it's going to be a slobber knocker. <laughs> but obviously, yeah. the, the loss would sting worse if it's the Grizz, because they'll have bragging rights over you. But I'd like our chances probably better to beat the Grizz again. But they can shoot the long ball, too. I don't know. We played pretty ugly against the Grizz last time, too. <laughs> so... Yeah, uh, yeah, but the yeah the Grizz are not playing so hot either. But you know, this is now two two losses in a row for Eastern Washington. All of yeah. a sudden, the team that the longest winning streak in the in the country, week in and week out, now they're riding a two game losing streak into the tournament. That's not what you want to do. I think the no, Cats got six in a row or something. Sure. Six wins, something.
0: I'm not sure on that, <laughs> but yeah. Well, I, I think I would rather sh- uh, face the Grizzlies as well. Uh, you know, if we can the Josh Bannon on and Moody duo, if you can silence them, you're pretty much going to. I think you can you can win that game. We have more dynamic players than the Grizzlies do. I think uh, we should be able to. If the, if we come against them, we should be able to handle those guys.
1: Sorry, I'm trying to pull up the bracket here. I may have actually found it, but is it filled in? Is it current? Is it current? Who knows? No, no, it's not. So, oh well. Uh, the cat's first game is on Sunday. I know that. That's when the two seed plays the winner of the seven and the eight. I wish I knew this we could Maybe, maybe we'll do a, a another episode before the game on Sunday. We'll see. We'll see about that. I'm not sure. But man, yeah, good, good end of the season for the Bobcats going into the season or the the tournament with the the best possible outcome, most momentum that you could have. And we're pretty healthy. I think we're as healthy as we were pretty much all year. I don't think there's no major injuries. If there would have been any minor minor injuries, I think a sprinkle would have held guys out for the last couple of games that meant nothing in terms of seating, but all the guys played and nobody got hurt tonight against Eastern Washington. So Gotta love it. The women not so hot going into the tournament, losing at home. But uh, I still think that the Bobcats have a good chance on the women's side too, because that's I think that's pretty open on the women's side. I think there's three teams. Obviously, there's three teams that finish for a co-champ situation. And uh, the men's side, I think, is most likely. If you had to bet, I, I would get best. It'd be a guess and bet. It'd be a rematch between Eastern and MSU. But it's a tournament, man. It's the Big Sky tournament. Nobody is really that good upsets can easily happen in this thing.
0: Yeah, you're right. And that makes that WCC format also exactly. much better in my brain, right? You know, Montana State, Eastern Washington have really worked hard to get where they're at. You know, putting those guys in the semifinal, regardless, feels right. The fact that Montana State could get balanced by Portland State, maybe, you know, on a yep. fluky, fluky <laughs> night on Sunday feels just... Like you get robbed a little bit, but hey, we are who we are and we're in the big sky conference. And so you just got to go out and win it. Can't make any excuses right now. Just enjoy the ride. 22 wins, nine losses. We had three losses in conference. And that's something that kind of got to me tonight. I was like, hey, we tied with Eastern as 22 and nine in the record. We lost to Weaver State in conference. We had an early loss to. Idaho, that one stings, man. Out of Idaho, 74-7. I was just gonna say that. I,
1: you, you heard me kind of <laughs> interject there. I was gonna, I was gonna say, like, how bad is that Idaho loss now? Ugh. Yeah. Idaho just fired and their, we lost. their coach tonight. They fired him really after the after the game. He's, wow. he's gone. He's done. So no way. I don't believe he goes that, out. Winning one game, <laughs> the last game against the Bobcats.
0: <laughs> Yay. <laughs> <laughs> And we oh, had man. we had a loss to Eastern, so we traded losses on our home courts. Montana State couldn't hit kind the funny. foul line that night. Uh, man, yeah, we had we had some troubles, but uh, we could have won
1: that game too. Like we could have easily won that game. Yeah. So just bunch kinda, of what ifs, and it, it matters yeah. too because uh, you know if Eastern doesn't make it to the the NCAA tournament, they got the automatic NIT bid. So it does matter. Yeah, that's it a good continues point. your season. It continues your season regardless of the outcome of the Big Sky Conference tournament.
0: And they get to hang a banner, and we don't. So, also that, that always true. means something. Yeah, always means something. All
1: right, Thorny. I think uh, I think that wraps it up, man. Hey, thanks for thanks for being the R and R Catcast on the ground, and also getting some new listeners. Look at you, look at you go, <laughs> just working it out there <laughs> it so in Cheney, fun. Washington, throwing oh. some triple X like. You know, Suck at motions at people. <laughs> Whatever you want I to call totally that thing. I totally
0: did that to those. Uh, 19, Our generation's dab,
1: basically, right? <laughs> that was like, like the, they didn't the know dab I of hit the them. 90s. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: they're like, yeah, they that? what is What I was are you doing. doing to me? <laughs> oh, All right, gosh,
0: well, dude. let yeah, go ahead. I just wish I had better cell service. That thing is like, I couldn't get anybody's text. It was crazy. But I had, like, so many of our fans text me, including you. It was so much fun. Actually, winning in Cheney was really good. We did Go it. Cats. We did it.
1: All right. <laughs> Cats. All right. Well, let's get out of here, man. Thanks again for listening to our basketball attempts. We try. We don't do basketball as well as football. But, hey, we're still big fans. Look at the emotions. Look at the emotions That's, of this yeah. podcast. We're still huge fans. It's We love the Bobcats, regardless of the sport. Thanks again to Manhattan Bank for being our sponsor. All year, you can find us on the internet, rrcatcast.com, Twitter, rrcatcast, Instagram, rrcatcast, Facebook, rrcatcast, although we don't really post on Facebook or Instagram all that much. Twitter, if you want to really interact with us, Twitter is going to be your your main spot. But uh, all right, Fully, let's get out of here, man. Go Cats. Go Cats. Go Cats.